episode 62 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I am coming to you feeling a little bit sore and sorry because there is a fetus that thinks it's Lord of the River Dance or something and it has been playing havoc on my sciatic nerve. I'm joined by Scotty. How are you doing this week, Scotty? I'm okay. My sciatic nerve is intact. Good to hear. I've got some knee issues. I don't think they can compare to yours, but they're still issues. And how did you get your knee issues? Well, I think I did a lot of running. <laughs> after, <laughs> after I talked about not running last week, I tried to make up for it by running every day since then. And now I've got a sore <laughs> knee. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work out quite like you planned. No. But I do have a theory. So it's a, it's a sore knee that could be, it doesn't hurt when I run, it hurts when I stopped. Stop. So you just have to run all the time. (laughs) That's one way. Well, you know, you get to the toilet quickly and you can get around the kitchen fast if you're just running. It's probably not a good idea with knives and such. I try to avoid running with knives. But I've got a theory about that it's got to do with my new desk setup. Because I'm now sitting in a new desk. So my new chair is at a different height. My monitor's at a different height. So I'm not blaming it on the running. Well, I'm partially blaming it on the running, but I think it's more to do with <laughs> how I'm sitting down. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. So, you're you're ergonomically challenged in your office situation. That's because I don't want to admit that it's a running injury. Because oh, okay. I, I'm guessing yours isn't a running injury. Well, no, it's it's not. Well, it's not me running that's causing the problem. There's another little one who I'm currently sharing my body with who thinks it's a great idea to run inside and dance and do all sorts of other kung fu that hasn't been invented yet. So, so he yeah. or she is going to be a runner. Let's put expectations on them <laughs> like before they've even come out of the womb. He or she already owns a onesie that has a little pair of running shoes (laughs) sewn onto the front of it. So I don't um, stand a chance. No, no chance. It's all over for them. Um, Fortunately, their mother can potentially get out of it uh, by handing over the keys to the running pram to the husband. But yes, (laughs) there will be a lot of park runs for said small backer when the time comes. I would appreciate it though, you know, I've still got three months to go. I think that is a little bit too long to expect me to walk around looking like a crippled old woman. And potentially, I'm not going to get another event this weekend towards the Pirate Club because I might not be able to make the five kilometre distance on Park Run Day. That must be devastating. Yes, I'm even contemplating, you know, stretching. You, you hear people say, oh, you just need to stretch. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that's fine. I don't need to stretch. And But I'm pretty sure, you know, Adam said to me, oh, I think you need I think you need me to tell you what kinds of stretches to do. And I said, no, the yoga teachers told me what kind of stretches to do. He said, well, they're obviously not working. I said, they're not working because I don't do them. So why is the I'm time pretty stretching? Sure. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I think so too. So boring too. And it hurts. Mm. I don't know. At the moment, I've got a, a heat pack shoved down the back of my pants, 
which is alleviating the pressure a bit. (laughs) And I find if I walk around on my heels really slowly and deliberately and pick everything up by squatting, it's not, you know, 100% unbearable. Mm. I tell you what, me trying to give you advice is pointless. So our listeners, preferably of the female persuasion, let, let Mel know if she's got another three months of this. Because I think yes. you do. Oh, no, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear that. Yeah. Hey, but um, even if you could run on the weekend, lots of events were cancelled on Saturday. You, you escaped the crazy weather? Yeah, it was beautiful on the Sunshine Coast by the weekend. We, we were fortunate enough it sort of hit midweek where we are and then there was plenty of time for council crews to clear up the debris and things like that before events happened on the weekend. Uh, there were a couple of event directors who had to get a bit creative with some, uh, what will we call it, gardening equipment. Um, probably exceeding the expectations of their, I, I won't say risk assessments, but, you know, they were out there doing some extra curricular activities on their courses to make sure it was already above and beyond the call of duty of the volunteer position that they hold. And thank God nobody chopped any arms off with chainsaws and whatnot because that would have been an interesting story to have to try and explain to somebody. Yeah, just Um, on that, you know, full credit to the EDs around the country again because – I saw a lot of them out on Thursday and Friday, checking their courses, making yep. sure there was an event that people could come to and run. So, you know. And or cancelling where it was appropriate, which is just as valid and just as important. You know, go, go above and beyond. Just not on the Saturday morning, but on the, on the Friday to make sure that everyone's got an event to run at on Saturday. We don't have that problem down here in Melbourne. We had our first sort of taste of cold weather. So I think we're going to come into PB season down here, you know. Yeah. When we when we lined up on Saturday, you know, it's just a bit that when you go through six months of summer, you forget about the cold. So it's just a little bit uncomfortable on Saturday. I actually wore my cardigan, my my parkrun hoodie, to parkrun for the first time on Saturday. So yeah, it must have been a bit breezy. So when you head down, make sure you pack it. Oh, it'll, yeah, it will come with. So, PB weather, hey? I'm, I'm heading to Victoria during PB weather and I'm probably <laughs> going to do a PW or a DNF. <laughs> no, you shock the world. Come down here and smash out a PB. You know, drug up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ignore I'll the pain. Sw- I'll swap my wristband with Adams <laughs> and, <laughs> and he can scan in as me and then we won't tell anyone. That's the only way a PB is going to be happening for me this weekend. But that's all right. It's not all about the PBs. No. But there were a lot of cancellations because of Cyclone Debbie, and she wreaked some serious havoc, and there was a lot of mess, and there still is a lot of mess going on, especially in northern Queensland and northern New South Wales, southeast Queensland. And a, and a shout-out to our friends from Lismore last week. We had them on to get them all excited about their party, and then two days later, they were flooded. And had to cancel, or at least postpone. Postpone, yeah. Um, but seriously flooded too, not just a, a little bit. 
Okay. No, buildings underwater yeah. kind of flooded. Yeah. This country's funny. It is. It's Wait. unpredictable. Okay, it's time to chat to one of our EDs who didn't get to run on the weekend, but she's got a damn good excuse. We're joined on the podcast this week by Leanne Paul from Bowen Parkrun. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, Leanne. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Now, we all know why you didn't run on the weekend. Um, the course is not in running condition. It's not up to scratch at the moment. No, it's uh, not in the greatest of condition, um, I'm afraid. Uh, we've just had Cyclone Debbie, Category 4, across the coast, a little bit south of us, between us and Ellie Beach. And because we're right on the coast and our parkrun course itself is beautiful and it's right on the coast beside the sea um yeah it's it's not in any condition for anyone to be walking or running along it whatsoever Uh, went out there the other day and was feeling quite heartbroken from what i saw Um, but going back out there today i can see that there's progress and getting it cleared so i'll keep it run up to date as to when we'll be able to get our park run on again out there Leanne, there are a lot of people who, um, you know, we have wet and woolly weekends and heaven forbid some branches fall out of the trees and stuff. What kind of debris is left behind by a cyclone when you're on the coast? Well, you're dealing with, yeah, the usual um, leaves across the course and massive branches from where we are, the fig trees have fallen down. But we're also, we've got quite a part, you know, a fair bit of the section um, right beside the sea. So we've had storm surge um, waves coming in and washing out a lot of that area, leaving it unstable. Um, I did walk along there this afternoon, but it's not an area that I feel comfortable with in letting park runners or park walkers go across. Um, it's looking quite bare out there. The trees are stripped of leaves. It's brown. We're so used to seeing blue sky, beautiful blue water and green shady trees because our parkrun course is one of the shadiest um, around, but it is just so barren. It's just bare. Um, We couldn't get through to one section, which is the trail section of our course, which is very close to the water. You can stand there or when you're running across the course, um, you know, if you're clever enough, you could be running or walking through that area and throw a line in. That's how close the water is to that section. So um, we found shells today and just evidence of where the water has come up and washed over because of that storm surge. We've actually got some sand um, beach area washed out further along as well. So the council will have to go in and, and refill that for us too. So it does make it um, quite tricky to get through because of all the the debris and the and the branches, the palm fronds, the coconuts that were missiles. Um, but um, because you've got the waves that have rolled in, they've washed out big big areas as well. And that's something that I was aware of when I chose the course, really. Um, but where we are situated, we're right on the coast, um, so we've. We've really 
copped it hard, not just from the wind, but also the sea coming in and just engulfing a lot of the areas around town. Yep, I couldn't imagine. <clears throat> I'm from Melbourne. I have no concepts of cyclones. <laughs> and It's sort of like yeah. my, my, my daughter was saying, you know, when it was all happening, I hope cyclones never come to Melbourne, cyclones never come to Melbourne. And mm. I reassured her, but then she came back and said, what about bushfires? Can you stop bushfires as well? It's like mm. if I had the power to stop natural disasters. Well, every area, yeah, each region has its own, you know, um, disasters, you know, whether, whether enforced disasters and that. But each community is tough and has their own way of dealing, you know, with what's thrown at them whether it's up here in North Queensland and Cairns or the Whitsundays or down, you know, New South Wales or Victoria and Melbourne. Yeah, we all have to face something at some point and, yeah, you get through it. But, I mean, that's what I was interested in knowing and seeing what the rest of the, the nation were seeing. I've got family, a brother down in Melbourne, and they were panicking because – I had lost everything, all network, so had no way of – I've had no way of communicating with anyone um, locally or state or, in, you know, nationally. Um, they're in Melbourne and he knows. He knows what it's like um, to be in a cyclone, oh, especially Category 4 cyclone. But, yeah, and I feel sorry for, you know, those people who are from the southern areas who have been up here on a holiday and expecting to be experiencing the beautiful Whitsundays, this tropical holiday that they've dreamed of, whether it was a you know honeymoon or just an escape, and then they're confronted with this situation and they just want to escape. Some of us wanted to as well and some did, but um, a lot of us stayed. Um, we knew what we were in for and so all you could do was just get prepared for it. And, and that's what you do in the case for a bushfire or, you know, um, tsunami or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever the situation might be. What, what else could we get? Because we've had earthquakes as well <laughs> in this region. So that crossed our minds too. The next thing is volcanoes. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you mention that because we were down at the front beach uh, yesterday, looked across the bay and there is what looks to be um, – like a crater, and my daughter was pointing it out and saying, is that volcano going to erupt as well? So, and, and that that little comment made me or reminded me of, you know, she's been a little bit, I guess, traumatised by the whole experience. We went through Yarsi in Townsville, but the kids, the two kids were much younger, so they slept through the whole thing. But now that they're older, she's 10 and my son is 14, they're very aware of what's going on and they were, it was all hands on deck um, but when she's been making little comments like that or taking our fingerprints <laughs> um, the other day um, which was Wednesday when we still had a lot of wind and then we had the massive storm uh, electrical storms um, yeah she was taking our fingerprints and it was just a game but she made the comment to me a little bit later just quietly you know said to me you never know mum you just never know so just little comments that she's been making. Um, so it's really good that today I feel like it's the first normal day and you can no longer hear generators in the street and the kids are all out playing again and some more businesses are starting to open up. 
and, um, you know, we've been able to go out and just do the normal things, go out for a play in the parkland um, that we managed to find um, that wasn't still strewn with debris and whatever. has a big impact on everyone, no matter what age they are. The other thing is Bowen's a, a small town. It's one of those yep. cliches where you probably know most of the people in the town. Yeah, that's right. So how does that go? How do, how, are you worried about everyone else in the town? Are you comparing how much each family went through? Um, it's funny because in my street, like we, I've not long come back here. This is my hometown. Um, I've not long moved back. And so you're thinking about your family elsewhere in the town and in the, in the rest of the region. Um, you're not comparing you just get in there and you just have a look, you analyse, you just take stock of what's happened and what needs to be done. So you just get in there and, and help each other. We were lucky. Um, we didn't have any major damage or anything like that at all. So we were able to do our tidy up and then go out and help people in our street and um, then go out and help your yeah, other family and friends and whoever needed a hand, whether they were a stranger or someone that you knew, it really didn't matter. That It just doesn't apply in this sort of situation. I have to admit, though, because in our street we were all organised by Thursday and there was no – by that time we were lucky, like, there was no evidence that, that anything had even happened in our street. But then as soon as you drive outside of our street – there's just mess everywhere and there's still generators going and there's still um, services not available or shops and open and so on. And I've been feeling guilty since then. And I mentioned that to a, a neighbour in our street yesterday and sort of shed a tear a bit, making me a bit emotional about it now. Um, but I think that's because, well, I know that's because, you know, I feel that we're lucky we're fortunate. I know there's other people out there that are fortunate, but there are others who lost a lot, hell of a lot. Um, but luckily, you know, those things are material things that can be easily regained um, and no lives have been lost. So that's the main thing because it'd be heartbreaking if this town got word that any of our mob, um, yeah, had perished as a result. But just as if anything had happened to, you know, someone down in Prossy or Airlie, those areas doesn't matter if you know them or not, if you're or if you're related to them or not. Just the fact that they're part of your community, the broader community, and you share that that common element of that, and as well as the fact that we've all gone through the same thing. So yeah, you just get in there and support each other. You just get down to business. Has the talk turned to recovery now? Is the town starting to talk about we've got to get back on our feet? We've got to start rebuilding opening businesses, or is it still too soon Most for that definitely. stuff? No, that's happening. That's why um, I say today it felt more normal. Um, we're able to go and get a pie, sausage roll, just normal things like that. We're able to sit in a coffee shop um, this afternoon, get a smoothie and a coffee, a play area there that Jali could play in. Um, looking around, yeah, there are more businesses that are opening their doors um, because their services are back on. People just want to get back into it. They just want to get back into getting on with life, getting on with the business of life. 
Understandable. And yeah. start planning holidays because this is actually the Easter holidays for <laughs> for the schools, for the kids. So and people got to get on and, and go back to their own work as well. So there are people who um, offering child minding services because the schools and daycares aren't up. So the community are pitching in to help do the babysitting for those who who need to go back to work. But yeah, there's definitely businesses around that have started to opening up. Um, a lot more today and as the week goes on there'll be a lot more to see um, and even just looking around the streets you can see the council are out there I went out to park run today and the council are out the council are out there making a difference with our course so but yeah gosh there's such a big cleanup around the place still but amongst all of that rubbish that's lying around all the debris whether it's from houses or the trees and so on, the environment, um, people are just going about their daily lives. Has the council given any indication about how long the cleanup's going to take, or is it too soon? No, they haven't contacted me, and I've not contacted them yet. Um, last week was really crazy. This week, it's only Monday. I thought I'll just go out there quietly and have a look around, knowing that I would see them out there. So I don't want to get in the way and I don't want to be calling them and adding pressure to them. They've, they've got enough on their plate to, to deal with. So I thought I'll just keep monitoring daily and then probably about midweek, I'll give them a call and just, just to see where things are at. So Leanne, describe Bowen to us. I've actually been there. I spent a week there last year. It's a quiet little town, famous for their mangoes. Um, what sort of town is it and what sort of parkrun have you got there? So Bowen is a beautiful place. It's a coastal town. It is quiet and we like it that way. And I think a lot of tourists, holiday makers and a lot of grey, as, as we call them, grey nomads, come here because it is so quiet. Uh, we're not, Bowen's not a party place. There's, you know, there's other places you can go for that sort of thing. Um, we are known for the Bowen Mango. It's the best one around, and this is the place for it. Um, Close-knit community, tough people, a lot of farming industry here. Uh, there's a lot of fly-in, fly-out as well. Um, our Parkon community, I would describe it as more of a family-orientated um, parkrun. Um, you have other park runs where you have a lot of athletes or tri um, triathlon clubs that, you know, attend quite regularly. But for us, we've got a different group of people. They're just everyday heroes as far as I'm concerned. It's just mum, dad coming out with the kids. Um, it's friends, it's mates coming out who want to be social and being, you know, getting fit together as well. There's no competitiveness amongst people. There's no being, you know, show pony or anything like that. It's just coming out, having a good run or a good walk, having a chat, having a yarn with people who have the same interest as yourself. Yeah, so that's about it really. Very humble. I, like, I think very humble sort of park run. And we're only small. We've only got up to about 63 um, as being the maximum number, and a lot of people come here for the fact that we are a small community 
Um, we are a small parkrun community and so you get to finish with a great position rather than finishing 120th, you get to finish within the top 10. That's much easier. And we're very, we refer to each other as being part of the parkrun, Bowen parkrun family. So when we're very supportive, we support each other. Um, we've had a lot of people come out who've never ran or never got off the couch and just walked, but because we're supported by the local paper who put an article in every week, it gives people the indication, gives people the idea that we're very friendly, we're very open, we welcome people, no matter who you are, um, what experience or what history you have in terms of running or walking, you just come out and join and we have a good time together. You haven't been going for quite a year yet, Leanne. What is your parkrun story? What made you first hear of it and decide to bring it to Bowen? Yeah, it's a good question. I was living on Magnetic Island and getting into my own, returning to my own running journey. Someone had mentioned at one of the race events that I had attended that there was a parkrun happening at Riverway. So I thought, well, I'll check this out, see what this parkrun bizzo is. Went over and absolutely loved it. Um, at that time, we were just starting out ourselves, so we walk ran that particular course. And we ran a few times and then being back living on the island still, um, I was thinking this is something great that could be done in Bowen because it's such a beautiful place. There's beautiful parkland areas. There's a great walkway um, that goes through all the parkland areas overlooking all the major um, beaches. And I thought, why isn't it happening there? And we moved here and I thought, let's make this happen because at the time of moving here, Bowen was in a bit of a low, not much work going around for people. And I just felt like, well, what can I do for the community? I can't give people jobs. I can't create employment or I don't have a business or anything to do that. But I'm on my own journey that I've loved so far and people have supported me with my journey. And I thought, well, I'm going to support other people in some way. And I figured, well, why not running? get people running, get people walking, and hence Parkrun was was born. I had made contact with Tim a few times, um, and then I just thought, let's do this. We've got to do this now. It's the perfect time to do it. And to my surprise, we had our launch, massive number of people. I was surprised to see how many people had come along, and they're still with us, and they're continuing to bring other new faces, new people with um, with them and it's growing and it's going really nicely and it's just great to see people's spirits lift and spread that positivity throughout the community and so we're getting new faces each week to join us and like I said, it's been great to support other people with their journey, whether it's to, you know, weight loss or improve fitness or a bit of both or to get them started in terms of wanting to go off and do, you know, racing events, parkrun is a starting point for them. If they can accomplish their initial goals at parkrun, it builds up their confidence where, hey, I can do this. Right, I'm going to go and join up for this 5K race in Townsville or down at Airlie Beach or maybe even Mackay. Hey, I'm going to go and do a 10K or a half marathon. There's people here who are just racing ahead they've come a long way 
I'm feeling really privileged that I've been a part of that journey. Leanne, you've talked about the wonderful community that you've got there and that you've built at your parkrun. How have they reacted now, you know, your, your course has been a bit washed out. Will it be ready in some form for you to run on again this coming week or will it take quite a few weeks before it's at that stage? They've been pretty quiet. Um, I've seen on Facebook there's been that's the only reaction um, on Facebook really and that is you know through the likes I know that people are looking looking to me for some sort of feedback on what's going on with the course Um, but you know what to be honest everyone's really busy and focused on their own homes and businesses Parkrun will always be there I say to them Parkrun will be here forever no matter what's going on so I think that's a comforting thing for them, knowing that whatever's going on in our each of our own lives in terms of what's been the outcome from this cyclone, at least we know that we can go back to parkrun, whether it's this coming Saturday, the following, or a month's time. It doesn't really matter. We know it's it's there and it'll be ready for us and it'll be ready at the at the right time for us. I'm not prepared to go back if the conditions of it aren't perfect. We've been through enough and I don't want to put um, the park runners through anything unnecessary that might be a safety concern just because we want to rush into it and get our park run going. Um, it's got to be right. Well, yeah, we, we wish you all the best and we wish you luck getting the course up. I think the whole Park Run Australia community is behind you folk up there in far north Queensland. Thanks for coming on the podcast and chatting to us this week. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate that. And um, we know we know that the the bigger parkrun family um, across Australia have us in in their thoughts. We really appreciate that. love to have this next person on the podcast because they bring with them adventures and actual relevant information about running events that you know we don't know about it's robbo of course robbo welcome to the podcast g'day guys thanks for having us back great to be uh back on another edition of the parkrun adventures now I'm, I'm excited about your adventures, but let's start off with chatting about all these national championship thingies that have been going on lately. Yeah. Yeah, look, Mel, it's been a, it's been a massive, uh, actually about eight days. Um, for the first time, Athletics Australia has combined both the junior and senior national championships in the one week, or well, they needed more than a week, and, and in the one location. So down in Sydney, didn't get the best weather, unfortunately, for the competition, um, but the senior <coughs> track and field championships culminated on the weekend, and we saw some, yeah, some pretty interesting finals and uh, people crowned national champs. Got got the medals, and also a, a few athletes also that have locked in their place for the world championships in athletics, which are going to be held in London in early August later in the year. So, um, well done to yeah to everyone that took part, and, and I guess from a from a running perspective interesting to to take note of some of the races the longer races on the track the um i'm always interested to see how the the men's and women's 1500 meters and the 800 meters go and there's a few i'm not sure how many of them have participated in parkrun but there's certainly some parkrun sympathizers 
within the uh, athlete ranks and a few of them that have talked up giving it a crack at some point. But, uh, yeah, you know, a few Olympians in there as well. Ryan Gregson, he was, he was too good in the men's 1500 metres. And uh, Heidi C won the women's 1500 metres and she actually won the women's 5000 metre national title a few weeks earlier. That was held in Canberra. So the unofficial, I guess, parkrun national champs. Um, so she's she's done a 1500 metre and a, and a, and a 5000 metre double. Um, which was exciting, but yeah, a great finish in the men's 800 metres as well. Luke Matthews um, taking on Josh Ralph, and it was it, it was an absolute slog fest at the end, and they, they both had to dip for the line, and it was Luke Matthews that got the win in that one, and Laura Storey winning the women's 800 metres. So uh, pretty exciting stuff, but probably the big news, and if people have been following um, traditional media and social media, Sally Pearson, she's been... Uh, out of action for a little while and rebuilding after a, a pretty horrific injury she sustained in Europe uh, a couple of years ago uh, where she damaged a calf and then she fell over and she uh, broke her wrist. But she's back to almost her best form and she ran a great time. She won the national title and she's looking good heading over to London on the track where she won the gold medal in 2012 at the Olympics. So that's pretty exciting and I think, yeah, the, the wave of excitement around athletics in Australia it just continues on the back of all the, the week's uh, competition down in Sydney. That's a pretty good comeback from Sally. Were there any surprises during the week? Did anybody pop their head up and say, look at me? Yeah, look, um, interestingly, I know I spoke to you guys last time off the back of the Nitro Athletics um, meets down in Melbourne when Usain Bolt was in town. There was a young kid that actually, he's from uh, Perth, and he was recruited in the Usain Bolt team, the Bolt All-Stars. His name's Matthew Ramston. Um, those that have been following the sport, it's, it's probably not as much of a surprise, but you, you won't have probably heard of him um, outside of athletic circles. But he he pushed Ryan Gregson uh, you know, all the way. He kept him honest, let's say that, in the men's 1,500-metre final. And I think he, he might end up pushing... Um, to become more of a 5,000 metre specialist, but he's a real, he's a very tall, stringy lad, and he uh, he looks the goods at the moment. So I'm not sure if it, if you'd class it a surprise, Scotty, but certainly uh, one to watch for the future as well. And he, if we get him to a park run, he he could do some damage around some of the park run courses over there in the west, I reckon. And just remind us who won in Canberra a couple of weeks ago the national park run championships. Yes, mate. Yeah, so David McNeil from the Dave's Running Club. Uh, great to have a Dave as the national champion in the 5,000 metres. So I've got a couple of times here too if you're interested, and I'm sure your listeners will be interested to compare their parkrun PBs to these times. So Dave McNeil won that championships in 13.47, and then it was Heidi C, who's more of a, a middle-distance runner, so 1,500 metres is more her go, but she won... Uh, the national champs over 5,000 in a time of 15.51. And if I could, Scotty, at this point, worth mentioning, and I'm sure you, you've probably mentioned it in previous shows, but um, the the fall of the national park run, the official park run records in, in recent months. And so Liam Adams with his 14.22, pipping Scotty Westcott, and then Sinead Diver, that was the, the Nitro park run weekend with a 16.14 down at uh, Albert, Melbourne. So... Um, maybe they should uh, merge the two and, and, and just officially call it the Parkrun National Champs. But anyway, we know it's not a race, so it might, that might cloud it up a little bit. Yeah. Can I put you on the spot? Cross-country, did you follow that? Look, I, um, 
this might be a bit of a segue into what we're about to talk about next. I was overseas myself, and I didn't follow it as closely as I would normally uh, and as I would have liked. Um, I was in a, over in a place called Tahiti. The coverage over there wasn't quite as good, and the Wi-Fi at the hotel I was at wasn't as, as reliable as, as I would have liked. But I did have some close interest from a Newcastle runner, Bridie Delaney, and um, poor thing, she she did it tough. She she started the race, but she was off the back of um, some pretty bad gastro and just being sick for a few days leading up to it. So I, I, she had a pretty rugged time, Bridie. She did finish, and she was proud to wear the green and gold. But um, uh, the, just a quick scan of the results, Scotty. I think the Aussies did well in, the, in both the junior and senior teams, but in particular... A fellow by the name of Patrick Tin, and um, I think he wasn't quite top 10, but he was just outside, might have been 13th or 14th overall, and that probably doesn't make huge uh, shockwaves around Australian sport, the Australian sporting landscape, but that's a, that's a significant result from a bloke that won the NCAA cross-country title um, uh, very recently as well, and he's booked his seat at the World Champs in London in August and the hill, in the 10,000 metres he'll run over there. So um, apart from that, mate, that was about the extent of it. I saw some uh, pretty fast Kenyans doing very, very well. I think the fellow that won the previous World Cross Country Champs defended his title. Um, but, yeah, so it looked, looked like they had a bit of fun over there in Uganda. So if a Dave doesn't go to Tahiti for the Wi-Fi, why does he go? <laughs> Look, uh, it's a great question. Tahiti, it doesn't take much to, to generally to sell the place. You, you, you look at a few photos of some beaches and the beautiful blue water and it um, it's very attractive straight away. And I managed to, I guess, land an opportunity to go over there and experience the country and experience um, a marathon that they have over there, which they hold each year. It's a fairly low-key affair. I've got to say, but it's the, the it was the 29th running of the what's called the Tahiti Maria Marathon, held on the island of Maria, which is the next biggest island in in the group of, of Tahiti and its islands. Um, only a, about a 40 minute ferry ride from the main island of Tahiti, and I was lucky enough to um, yeah through through a local business here in Newcastle and a friend um, Mr Williams who has yeah this business called Tahiti Mana. And the uh, Tahiti Tourism Board as well uh, were able to organise to get me over there, and um, yeah, mate, I, I, I had to I had to do it pretty pretty tough, um, checking out a few hotels and checking out the beaches over there, and um, yeah, trying the local food and a, and a few of the local beers as well, and then had to squeeze in the marathon, and uh, and also spruik up a bit of parkrun while I was over there as well, unfortunately. Um, it might be a surprise to your listeners. There isn't a parkrun in Tahiti as yet, but uh, its other name is French Polynesia, and it's very much, um, uh, I guess, aligned with the country of France, governed by France. And my thinking is that there's parkruns in France. I actually just had a look a moment ago. I think there's seven or eight parkruns in France now. It's booming. So it wouldn't be a, a huge leap to get one uh, down there in French Polynesia as well. So I, I took a flag over there. We, we, we stuck it in the sand and hopefully um, had conversations with the locals, with the tourism board, and hopefully planted the seed for what we might see as being the first ever park run out there in the, in the middle of the Pacific. Robbo, you ran a marathon. I've seen some photos. Somewhat disturbing. Did you run the entire marathon <laughs> in your speedos? 
<clears throat> that's correct, mate. Yeah, I studied the the climate before going over there. Um, this is a isn't a normal thing for me to run around in public in a pair of. They're budgie smugglers. <laughs> Scotty got it wrong. Yeah. Oh, look. In Melbourne, call us yeah, you, you, you got it. You, you, you've got the um, you got the gist of it. And yeah, I do apologise. I, I didn't mean to cause any offence. And uh, apologies if if you've been scarred, Scotty. But I um, I did as I said, I did my homework. I did the homework on the climatic conditions, and I saw it. It was likely to be very hot. Um, and pretty humid and, and steamy on race day. And look, they, the organisers do their best to accommodate the runners' comfort. Um, it, it started at 5.30am, and probably it was 26 degrees at that time. But yeah, already the humidity is pretty high. And so I just thought, look, any any running clothes that I wear are just going to be completely wet within about the first kilometre or two. So I tried to uh, minimise that and I guess take a, a bit of an approach a la the naked runners. So I did have my naked runners headband on, um, <laughs> and I did have I did have shoes and socks on for the first uh, thirty six kilometres, and um, and then yeah, the, the the green and gold budgie budgie smugglers and the race bib, and actually a few gels tucked away in a in a little uh, in another little belt that I had too. So, and that was that was more than enough. And the the funny side of it, actually, I, I got asked by an official. Was a, Probably a little bit naughty of me. I, I didn't read this in the rules, but apparently there is a ruling uh, where you you need to wear a shirt, and I hadn't read that. And I was asked um, fairly uh, assertively by an official if I could please put my shirt on. I said, "Look, sorry, I don't have one." Um, uh, and I scrambled across to to some friends that I'd met to see if they had a spare shirt or something I could cover myself up with for a, for a minute to keep this guy sweet. But uh, I wasn't able to find anything anyway. I sort of huddled there with a minute to go, sort of crouched down in the start chute and um, tried not to get seen, and I didn't hear anything else about it. So apologies to any of the, the people of Tahiti but um, that may have been offended. But, yeah, to me it was a very practical approach, and um, I was I was absolutely sweating the house down. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful run, I've got to say. It's relatively flat. You're running right along the side of the, the beautiful uh, water over there, on Maria, they have these fantastic and very stark mountain ranges as well, just just you know just in off the coast. So it's you're, you're running around these beautiful bays and um, the amazing uh, culture that you experience as well. The people will come out, they cheer you on. They have these most fantastic and elaborate aid stations with uh, local fresh fruit, pineapple and and mangoes and uh, and the sponges and the drinks. And so it was it was fantastic. I, I can't say enough good things about the um, the aid stations, but certainly it was pretty sticky and uh i was happy with with my approach with um with the race attire so even though yeah sorry scotty as i said you, oh, you may have been a little scarred by it no need to apologize you know you got to do what you got to do <laughs> i've i've heard of tops off and you've gone pants off yes. you just combined the two it's great well and i and i like how the the official he didn't have a problem with me not wearing any pants <laughs> it was the shirt he was worried about so that's kind of disturbing as well but um but look, I just think relax the rule a little bit, um, you know, adapt it for local conditions. The the, the Polynesian fellow who's the the makes up the logo of the event is basically wearing, you know, what I was wearing. Um, he just has longer hair and a few more tattoos on his legs. So I was trying to emulate him. And then the other thing was too, I mean, I, I did have a shirt. It was just waiting for me at the finish line when I crossed. So um, it just took four hours to get it. So yeah, all up. I ended up the day um, 
with clothes on, with a shirt on, and um, and everyone was sweet. So yeah, great experience. And if you if you get a chance, uh, next year will be the thirtieth edition of of the uh, of the marathon over there. And you don't need many excuses to get over there, but that certainly um, would be a great a great way to experience um, a beautiful part of the world and and tick off a, a run in the meantime. They have a half marathon as well, and I should mention and, and a quick shout out as well for. Um, uh, Lindy, the the uh, event director for Gundawindi Parkrun, Lindy from Gundawindi, she ran the half marathon with her friend Karen Napier. They were over there as well, and um, so she helped us put the flag in the beach um, a couple of days after the marathon. So, yeah, it's good to have a, a bit of an Aussie flavour and also a bit of a fl- parkrun flavour over there as well. And hopefully, there's a, a chance for some parkrun adventures in Tahiti in, in uh, months and years to come. What kind of numbers? do they get for the marathon over there robo yeah mel they're they're not huge so i was race bib 96 i entered pretty late so i don't think they quite got 100 runners in the marathon the half marathon uh had about 300 runners and then they also have a 5k which is also um held as a, a version of the color run as well and i think they had another few hundred people take part in that so in terms of international marathons, you know, it's not the big, big numbers, but it's, you know, it, it still has lots of character and, um, and still has plenty to offer. And it's, it's, so in a way, it's, it's so relaxed, they're not actually needing to close any roads. You're running on the side of the road and there's, um, there's people on motorbikes and cars to keep you secure and keep you safe. But uh, there's just one road that goes around the, the entire island and it's all pretty straightforward, the logistics side of things. So... Um, as I say, yeah, you know, I think the numbers and that, those numbers were up a fair bit from um, from previous years also. So it's got plenty of room to grow. It would seem. Um, Sounds like my kind of event. I like I like to pick the events where I could possibly get a top hundred finish. Yeah, well, you would have been. Guaranteed. <laughs> as long as you didn't get disqualified for not wearing a shirt. You, uh, yes, would have been fine. So, and I imagine for the the color run version of the five k as well that it sticks much better if you're sweaty in that kind of humidity. So. I, I got to see it up close. Yeah, they were finishing soon after I finished my marathon on the on the beach, um, which is a fantastic. It's a big part of the a feature of the event too. You're finishing on what's called Teme Beach, um, looking back across to Tahiti. And the last probably a couple of hundred meters is on. It's not super soft sand, but you're running on the sand, and um, a great experience. But yeah, the color runners were all coming through, and I think you're right. It, it's a, it really does help the color stick stick to the skin when you're a little bit sweaty, anyway. Okay, Robbo, you've made us all very jealous. <laughs> um, we might have to have the parkrun adventurers Kentucky tour visit Tahiti next year, and you'll have to be our travel advisor. So we, you might have to go back. Is that okay? Perfect. I'll be happy. Happily, well, that was the proviso, um, I, and I should mention, and a big thanks to my wife. She's having a, her birthday tomorrow. My wife Gabby and uh, and our two girls, who are five and two, I I didn't bring them this time. Um, it was a it was a tough it was a tough move. I went over there. I, it was my birthday, the first part of the trip, um, so it was a birthday present for me this time. But the proviso was that I take them all with me next year. So I'd love to take not only them, but um, as many of of the, of the listeners listening at the moment and certainly both of you over there next year and, and hopefully we can um, we can take our barcodes too and get them scanned. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be good. We just won't put you in charge of being the fashion 
police. No, I've I've been in touch with Budgie Smuggler. They've we've got, uh, <laughs> customized uh, uh, apparel, running wear for next year's thirtieth edition. So um, it includes a shirt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're actually okay. going to just get um, some of the local tattoo artists, and it won't be permanent tattoos, but they'll just draw a shirt on to keep it <laughs> sweet. So it'll um. It'll look like you're wearing a shirt, but you don't have the warmth of the shirt. So that might be the way around that. That all sounds like fun. Thanks again, Robbo, for coming on and telling us all Pleasure, about. guys. Happy, happy park running. We'll see you soon. Now, do you all remember Lyndall from last week? She wanted to do a pop-up park run in New Plymouth, New Zealand. Let's find out how that went. Mel and Scotty, it's roving reporter Lyndall here um, in New Plymouth in New Zealand. And it's just before 7.30. I'm standing here underneath the wind wand, or as the locals like to call it, the wand wand. And I'm on the lookout for some fellow runners. Now on my run down here from the hotel, I did spot one runner, but she was a bit fast for me. She just ran past me, so... Didn't get a chance to uh, quiz her about Parkrun and why New Plymouth doesn't have one. Um, but anyway, let's see how I, we go. I'm standing here under the wind wand. I've got my Parkrun shirt on. I don't know. We'll see. I'll see if I can find some fellow runners, guys. Alright, so I've found uh, local walker Peter. How are you going this morning, Peter? Good, thank you. Good. And you walk along the coastal walkway sometimes in New Plymouth? Yeah, yes, we do, yes. Do you ever see any runners? Yes, yeah, yeah. there's a few runners here too, yes. Have you ever heard of Park Run? No, I'm sorry, I haven't. Oh. Alright, well, I'll keep looking, thanks. <laughs> okay. Okay, here's a runner coming now. Excuse me, excuse me. Are you a local here? Oh, she's just run past me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, Scotty and Mel. All right, well, I'm going to start my run and see if I find anyone as I go. There's a runner coming towards me now. I'm just going to see if I can grab her. Hey, excuse me, excuse me. Yep. Do you have just time for a quick chat? Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Do you live here in New Plymouth? No, no you no, don't. No, visitor, no. Oh, hey, have you ever heard of Park Run? Yep, we've got one in Wangaree. Oh, yes, I found a park runner. Yeah. I'm doing a pop-up park run and nobody joined me. I'm feeling a bit lonely, oh. so... <laughs> yeah, no, there's a 5K one around the um, town basin loop. Okay, and how far away is that from New Plymouth? Seven hours drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm not there. <laughs> Thank, thanks for your time okay. and enjoy your run. <laughs> okay, so what's your name? Uh, Tom. And Tom, are you a local here from New Plymouth? Oh, no, I'm not. No. Oh, are you as disappointed as I am that there's no park run here? Um, you got to put a park and run around there. Is that a park run, like this park run on my shirt here? I'm not really sure. I haven't heard a park run before, so. Oh, hey, where are you from? Christchurch. And there's no park run there? Yeah, there's heaps of park runs in Christchurch. Like this park run? Oh, I don't know. I've never heard of park run, so I don't... I don't All right. Sorry. Well, thanks, Tom. Um, thanks for talking to me. Right, no Enjoy worries. the rest of your run, mate. Okay, I've, I've found a walker. I'm just going to see if she'll have a quick chat with me. Hey, excuse me. Hi. What's your name? Dawn. Dawn, do you have time for a quick chat with me on my podcast? Yes. Oh, do you, look, do you, are you a local here in New Plymouth? Yes. 
And do you walk along the coastal walkway pretty frequently? Yes. Do you ever see any runners? Sometimes. Oh, okay. Right oh, I haven't seen very many. So I'm over here for the triathlon from oh. Australia. Yeah, oh. yeah. Not to do the triathlon. I'm not like good. But I was really surprised that there's no park run here. Do you know about park run? No, I don't. Hmm, okay. And you don't see any runners along here very often? No, not very often. Hmm. Well, that's very strange. I don't know whether I'm going to solve the mystery of why New Plymouth doesn't have a park run, but I'm going to keep trying. Thanks very much, Dawn. You're welcome. All right, so that's it. I've done my somewhat ill-fated uh, pop-up park run uh, in New Plymouth. I did it all by myself. Um, and I didn't get to the bottom of what's happening with park run in New Zealand. It seems like they're a little bit confused about park run and just running in a park. Anyway... That's okay. It was still an adventure. I'm happy I did it. New Plymouth is a beautiful place to run. And um, look, that's about it for me this time, guys. Well, my goodness, Lyndall, that was a colossal effort. <laughs> um, what do you think, Scotty? Yeah, I think she was fantastic. I liked how she persevered. And despite no one actually... In the face of people not having any clue. <laughs> Well, there was the one guy who said, I've never heard of park run. I've never heard of it. But, yeah, I've heard of park run. But, yeah, <laughs> so there's a was, park run there. You can run around that park. Yeah, it's he like... was completely confused. But good on you, Lyndall. That was fantastic. I think she's made a, a strong case to be the second member of our Channel 4 news crew that I want to rename the Channel 5 news crew because we're just that one better than the other one. <laughs> So from here on in, we shall be known as the Channel 5 News Crew. Yes. She did a great job, I think, yep. yes. I, I don't think she needs to earn any more stars. I think that got her over the line. Love your work, Lyndall. Um, I can't wait to hear. I think she's probably going to start a trend, actually, with people going travelling and um, <laughs> having adventures, trying to do pop-up park runs, and then just asking random people <laughs> if they've heard of park run when nobody else shows up. Yeah, no, that's good. More of it. It works. I am impressed by how many people actually wanted to speak to her. <laughs> or will it just like they've come across this random person at the early time on a Saturday morning and sure, I'll just talk to you into your phone. <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on, but yeah, why not? Yeah. I think that says a lot about the Kiwi people. After a few weeks of us bemoaning there's no launches, we finally have a launch. Georgetown in Tasmania. We're yay, Georgetown! Yay, Tasmania. We're taking the total of Tasmania events to four. Yeah, increasing the park runs exponentially those guys i'm telling you they are my hot tip for just becoming massive this year who's that georgetown or tasmania tasmania that's the state to watch and they're starting with georgetown and anniversaries wise unfortunately lismore missed out last week and they're going to miss out again they've cancelled for one more week but main beach who also had to cancel last week they are going to celebrate their anniversary this week. And Fingal Bay are celebrating their fourth. And Warragul and Victoria are celebrating their second. Now, on Strava, we asked the question for your dream park run location. Where do we need a new park run? No one has commented Tasmania yet, Mel. That's because 
people are selfish. <laughs> well, not, well, hopefully our listeners aren't. But thanks for the feedback so far. Lots of Victorians representing. That's great. We're, we're going we're gonna to share some of the feedback? We should share some of the feedback. Yeah. Um, our mate Toc, he wants to see one on the surf coast in Victoria, which I'd agree with as well, Toc. We've got this great surf coast. You might have heard of it, the Great Ocean Road down here. Very popular tourist attraction. No that park. would be very windy. Yeah, no park runs. It's crazy. Victoria's exploded. We've got park runs everywhere except for in the biggest tourist spot in the state. Okay. I was more impressed with uh, Melissa Ellis's suggestion, Bonnie Doon Park Run. How awesome running over Lake... Is it Eildon or Eildon? No, it's Eildon. On that rail bridge. Eildon? Eildon. Okay, cool. But basically, we just need to have a Bonnie Doon Park Run so everyone who ever goes there can sing on the way in the car, we're going to Bonnie Doon. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. These are the kind of adventures we need to have. It would have to be serene as well. It would. And we also had a nomination for the Flinders Ranges because we don't have a park run there. Now, that's in South Australia, if I'm not mistaken, I think. <laughs> are, you, are you looking to me for verification because you're asking the wrong co-host yes no I think it's in well, South Australia uh, well, Flinders there's lots of Flinders stuff down there yeah but I'm pretty sure Flinders was yeah no don't don't even get me started I'm just going to put my foot in my mouth and make an embarrassment of myself and we had Robbo talking about Tahiti that's a nice one and we've also got Ross going international he wants to see one in Central Park in New York. That ain't ever going to happen, Ross. And but didn't he say that Tiergarten in, in Berlin would be a yeah. good one as well? Yep, that might happen. Central Park, never going to happen. You're such a naysayer sometimes, Scotty. You don't know, we could wear them down. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. It but could happen, we just need to stay positive. Yep. So let's get a few more comments on there. Let's find out some more parkrun locations but to coincide with this yes uh, Medibank our partners at Medibank are hosting an awesome competition where you we're going they're going to fly they're going to fly you to your parkrun destination of your choice to be a real adventurer on them Ooh. yeah now it has to be a, an existing parkrun you can't just you know you can't say central park and do a pop-up parkrun yeah, in pop new york no also i i need to clarify is this going to be internationally or is it, <clears throat> excuse me, just going to be in Australia? Just in Australia, which is still pretty good. In fact, it's better than pretty good. It's awesome. Any event. Where would you go if you could do any event in Australia, Scotty? Any existing event? Well, see, I, I immediately thought Hamilton Island would jump out. For I, you? I, yeah. You've already me, been there. Well, I've already I'm been asking there. you. I know. I've been there a couple of times. But um, I reckon Weeper. Just because of where it is, I like the and idea. How difficult it is to get there. <laughs> yes. You may as well get somebody else to pay knocking that one off. Exactly. I'd I'd like to visit Darwin and Kalgoorlie. Yeah, like, Kalgoorlie Boulder would definitely be up there for me. Yeah, these places that are, are well, Darwin's not hard to get to, but I don't know. Kalgoorlie just seems really hard to get to. Weeper, I know, is really hard to get to. Yeah, yours. Yeah, I'd um, 
Oh, I haven't thought about it. You you knew about this competition. I did not. Um, Come on, your adventure. You should always be thinking about this. Yeah, but I'm also one of those people who has like a top ten. You can't just ask me to to give you the number one boom because that's that's a little bit too like playing favourites. But I mean, okay, no, I do know. I would get them to send me to WA so I could become a navigator and I would go to Geograph Bay. That is where I would go. The beaches is my number one, but um, I'm going to get there. So I don't need Medibank to help me get there. Um, Geograph Bay is another good nomination. Hmm. See, it's it's kind of like that the borderline with that whole Nendi thing, you know. When something feels a little bit closer and more attainable, then even if you might want to do that more than something else, you would still do something else that seemed less likely to ever happen. But what a great competition! I reckon that's going to start some really interesting conversations, possibly in the uh, Parkrun Tourism AU group as well. Yeah, our numbers have nearly hit two thousand in that group. Not too shabby. It's a big group. Yep. It is. Now, if we can convert some of those people in the group to be listeners, and then if we can convert some of those listeners to be iTunes reviewers, <laughs> we'd have a few <laughs> Then we more might ups. get some more reviews. Yes. Like this one from Gilavra. Gilavra, Scotty and Mel are entertaining and informative. Correct. And I love the general <laughs> banter. <laughs> Five Did you stars. mention already that, yes, five stars. You have to mention the, the amount of stars. Because yes. I believe it is not possible to get more than five, is it? No. And if you're in a part-round adventurous podcast, it doesn't seem like it's possible to get anything but five stars. Oh, you are just going to put the mockers on it now. Somebody who listens and thinks they're a smart ass is going <laughs> to go onto iTunes and just give us a four just because... They want to prove you wrong. Maybe. There's also this one. Love the midweek fix from my favourite parkrun adventurers. Especially love the banter. Five stars. <laughs> Should I Always continue? nice to get some... Yeah, well, look, this this is all good for me. This is this is all very um, complimentary so far. Shez80 said, look forward to this podcast every week. Entertaining, interesting, and learn something new about parkrun every time I listen. Love the interviews and the random banter is fun too. Great work, Mel and Scott. The the banter. People love the banter. Well. So if you hate the banter, get on iTunes. Give us a review. <laughs> you just love to throw the gauntlets out there, don't you? Can't be satisfied with just the, the handful of people that like us enough to give us a good review. Got to goad the other ones out. Yes, and they're out there. <laughs> Come at us. I think that's, that's all we have time for this week, Scotty. It is. Looking forward to next week, Mel. Oh, I need to survive this week first. But yes, there there should be some adventures to have a chat about next week. They may be DNF adventures, or some last minute volunteering, volunteering adventures. But we'll see. Good eye. I literally will see you next week. You will. Have fun in the meantime.